Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 256. You are now down to the last five episodes. Way to go. Great job making it all the way through to almost the end. In our episode today, we'll hear uh, the last big long section from Job which really in one sense uh, I've entitled this episode, Why Me? Where Job recounts his life before all the disaster hit him, all the disaster that's come upon him, and then his crying out to God for some kind of answer as to why this is happening. And then we'll continue uh, on with Revelation chapter 18 and hear about God's judgment on this world. So Job 29, Why Me? Then Job continued his speech. Oh, that I could be as I was in the months now gone, in the days when God watched over me, when he caused his lamp to shine upon my head and by his light I walked through darkness, just as I was in my most productive time when God's intimate friendship was experienced in my tent, when the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me, when my steps were bathed with butter and the rock poured out for me streams of olive oil. When I went out to the city gate and secured my seat in the public square, the young men would see me and step aside, and the old men would get up and remain standing. The chief men refrained from talking and covered their mouths with their hands. The voices of the nobles fell silent, and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouth. As soon as the ear heard these things, it blessed me, and when when the eye saw them, it bore witness to me. For I rescued the poor who cried out for help, and the orphan who had no one to assist him. The blessing of the dying man descended on me, and I made the widow's heart rejoice. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My just dealing was like a robe and a turban. I was eyes for the blind and feet for the lame. I was a father to the needy, and I investigated the case of the person I did not know. I broke the fangs of the wicked and made him drop his prey from his teeth. Then I thought, I will die in my own home, my days as numerous as the grains of sand, my roots will reach the water, and the dew lies on my branches all night long. My glory will always be fresh in me, and my bow ever new in my hand. People listened to me and waited silently. They kept silent for my advice. After I had spoken, they did not respond. My words fell on them drop by drop. They waited for me as people wait for the rain, and they opened their mouths as for the spring rains. If I smiled at them... They hardly believed it, and they did not cause the light of my face to to darken. I chose the way for them and sat as their chief. I lived like a king among his troops. I was like one who comforts mourners. But now they mock me, those who are younger than I, whose fathers I disdain too much to put with my sheepdogs. Moreover, the strength of their hands, what use was it to me? Those whose strength had perished, gaunt with want and hunger, They would roam the parched land by night a desolate waste. By the brush they would gather herbs from the salt marshes and root from the broom tree where was their food. They were banished from the community. People shouted at them as they would shout at thieves so that they had to live in the dry stream beds, in the holes of the ground and among the rocks. 
They brayed like animals among the bushes and were huddled together under the nettles. Sons of senseless and nameless people, they were driven out of the land with whips. And now I have become their taunt song. I have become a byword to among them. They detest me and maintain their distance. They do not hesitate to spit in my face. Because God has untied my tent cord and afflicted me, people throw off all restraint in my presence. On my right, the young rabble rise up. They drive me from place to place and build up siege ramps against me. They destroy my path. They succeed in destroying me without anyone assisting them. They come in as through a wide breach. Amid the crash, they come rolling in. Terrors are turned loose on me. They drive away my honor like the wind, and as a cloud, my deliverance has passed away. And now my soul pours itself out within me. Days of suffering take hold of me. Night pierces my bones. My gnawing pains never cease. With great power, God grasps my clothing. He binds me like the collar of my tunic. He has flung me into the mud, and I have come to resemble dust and ashes. I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. I stand up, and you only look at me. You have become cruel to me. With the strength of your hand, you attack me. You pick me up in the wind and make me ride on it. You toss me about in the storm. I know that you are bringing me to death, to the, pe- to the meeting place for all the living. Surely one does not stretch out his hand against a broken man when he cries for help in his distress. Have I not wept for the unfortunate? Was not my soul grieved for the poor? But when I hoped for good, trouble came. When I expected light, then darkness came. My heart is in turmoil unceasingly. The days of my affliction confront me. I go about blackened, but not by the sun. In the assembly, I stand up and cry for help. I have become a brother to jackals and a companion of ostriches. My skin is turned dark on me. My body is hot with fever. My harp is used for mourning and my flute for the sound of weeping. I made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I entertain thoughts against a virgin? What then would be one's lot from God above, one's heritage from the Almighty on high? Is it not misfortune for the unjust and disaster for those who work iniquity? Does he not see my ways and count all my steps? If I have walked in falsehood, and if my foot has hastened to deceit, let him weigh me with honest scales, then God will discover my integrity. If my footsteps have strayed from their path, if my heart has gone after my eyes, or if anything has defiled my hands, then let me sow and let another eat, and let my crops be uprooted. If my heart has been enticed by a woman, if I have lain in wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife turn the millstone for another man, and may another men commit adultery with her. For I would have committed a shameful act and iniquity to be judged." For it is a fire that devours even to destruction and would uproot all my harvest. If I had disregarded the right of my male servants or my female servants when they disputed with me, then what I will then will, will I do when God confronts me in judgment, when he intervenes? How will I respond to him? Did not the one who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one form us in the womb? If I have refused to give the poor what they desired, or caused the eyes of the widow to fail, if I ate any my morsel of bread myself and did not share any of it with orphans, but from my youth I raised the orphan like a father, and from my mother's womb I guided the widow, if I had seen anyone about to perish for lack of clothing, or a poor man without a coat, whose heart did not bless me as he warmed himself with the fleece of my sheep, if I had raised my hand to vote against the orphan when I saw my support 
in the court, then let my arm fall from my shoulder, let my arm be broken off in the socket. For the calamity from God was a terror to me, and by reason of his majesty I was powerless. If I have put my confidence in gold, or said to pure gold, you are my security, if I had rejoiced because of the extent of my wealth or because of the great wealth my hand had gained, if I had looked at the sun when it was shining and the moon advancing as a precious thing so that my heart was secretly enticed and my hand threw them a kiss from my mouth, then this also would be iniquity to be judged, for I would have been false to God above. If I had rejoiced over the misfortune of my enemy or excluded because calamity found him, I have not even permitted my mouth to sin by asking for his life through a curse. If the members of my household had never said, if only there were someone who was not who has not been satisfied from Job's meat. But no stranger had to spend the night outside, for I opened my doors to the traveler. If I had covered my transgressions as men do by hiding iniquity in my heart, because I was terrified of the great multitude and contempt of families terrified me, so that I remained silent, I would go I would not go outdoors. If only I had someone to hear me. Here is my signature. Let the Almighty answer me. If only I had an indictment that my accuser had written. Surely I would wear it proudly on my shoulder. I would bind it on me like a crown. I would give him an accounting of my steps. Like a prince, I would draw near to him. If my land cried out against me, and all its furrows wept together, if I had eaten its produce without praying, or caused the death of its owners, Then let thorns sprout up in place of wheat, and in place of barley, noxious weeds. The words of Job are ended. And so Job has basically been making his case here, saying that he does not know some specific sins that he's done against God. He's asking God to tell him what those are. He's saying to God, show me the indictment. Show me what you have against me. Why you've done this. Why have you done this to me? Why me? And we'll have to hear um, in the next number of episodes God's response. We'll hear another person actually introduced in the next episode who will address different issues as well. But there will come an answer from God, and that answer might surprise you when you hear it. But now we turn to Revelation 18, which in one sense is God's answer to those who do evil. That the people who do ignore God, reject God, who turn from him and decide to go their own way will experience the judgment of God that's described here already in chapter 18 of Revelation. After these things I saw another angel who possessed great authority coming down out of heaven and the earth was lit up by his radiance. He shouted with a powerful voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a lair for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detested beast. For all the nations have fallen from the wine of her immoral passion, and the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have gotten rich from the power of her sensual behavior. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so you will not take part in her sins, and so you will not receive her plagues, because her sins have piled up all the way to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Repay her the same way she repaid others, pay her back double corresponding to her deeds. And the cup she mixed, mixed double the amount for her. As much as she exalted herself and lived in sensual luxury, to this extent give her torment and grief because she said to herself, I rule as queen 
and am no widow, I will never experience grief. For this reason she will experience her plagues in a single day, disease, mourning, and famine, and she will be burned down with fire, because the Lord God who judges her is powerful. Then the kings of the earth who have committed immoral acts with her and live in sensual luxury with her will weep and wail for her when they see the smoke from the fire that burns her up. They will stand a long way off because they are afraid of her torment and will say, Woe, woe, O great city, Babylon the powerful city, for in a single hour your doom has come. Now just one quick little word here, just so you're not confused. This is a personification, this woman is a personification of Babylon the great city, which is also symbolic of all those who do evil and reject God and live their lives in opposition to him. So this is a representative of those who do evil. Continuing on. Then the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn for her because no one buys their cargo any longer. Cargo such as gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, and all sorts of things made of citron wood, all sorts of objects made of ivory, all sorts of things made of expensive wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, perfumed ointment, frankincense, wine, olive oil, and costly flour, wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses, and four-wheeled carriages, slaves, and human lives. The ripe fruit you greatly desired has gone from you, and all your luxury and splendor have gone from you. They will never, ever be found again. The merchants who sold these things, who got rich from her, will stand a long way off because they are afraid of her torment. They will weep and mourn, saying, Woe, woe, O great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet clothing, and adorned with gold, precious stones and pearls, because in a single hour such great wealth has been destroyed." And every ship's captain and all who sail along the coast, seamen and all who make their living from the sea, stood a long way off and began to shout when they saw the smoke from the fire that burned her up. And they said, Who is like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads and were shouting with weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, O great city, in which all those who had ships on the sea got rich from her wealth, because in a single hour she has been destroyed. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has pronounced judgment against her on your behalf. Then one powerful angel picked up a large uh, stone, like a huge millstone, threw it into the sea and said, With this kind of sudden violent force, Babylon the great city will be thrown down, and it will never be found again. And the sound of the harpists, musicians, flute players, and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No craftsman who practices any trade will ever be found in you again. The noise of a mill will never be heard in you again. Even the light from a lamp will never shine in you again. The voices of the bridegroom and his bride will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the tycoons of the world, because all the nations were deceived by your magic spells. The blood of the saints and prophets was found in her, along with the blood of all those who had been killed on the earth. So as we leave it there for this episode again, there's just a devastating judgment that's described here. And it ought to humble all all of us as we read it. It ought to make us pause and, and really in one sense, hopefully motivate us to realize that there is 
a word of judgment that people need to hear so that they could turn and repent and turn from their ways so and experience God's grace instead. But also it's, a, I think, a motivation for those who see this justice to realize that God is the one who will bring ultimate justice. We can leave that to him, that he will bring proper, uh, a proper end to evil and injustice in this world, and that he is the God who has the power and the wisdom to do that properly. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there. You were always there. Whispering the truth.